Welcome to Current Radio's Technology Station. Please enjoy today's selection of technology news. So Celeste, Neuralink has been making headlines again. This time, they've raised another $43 million in venture capital. That's quite a sum. And this is the company that's developing those brain-implantable chips, right? Exactly. They're working on this device that's kind of like a sewing machine, but for the brain. It implants these ultra-thin threads that can read information from neurons. Wow. That's fascinating and a little terrifying, but I've heard there's been some controversy around Neuralink, hasn't there? Yes, there have been some serious allegations about the workplace culture. Apparently, there's a lot of blame and fear, and Musk himself has been accused of undermining management by encouraging junior employees to email him directly with... Hold on, James. So you're telling me that the CEO of the company is bypassing his own management team? That's... It's unconventional, to say the least. And it seems to be causing significant internal conflict. In fact, by August 2020, only three of the eight founding scientists were still at the company. That's quite a turnover. But it's not just the workplace culture that's under scrutiny, right? There are also allegations of unethical research practices? Yes, that's correct. The Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine has alleged that Neuralink and UC Davis, a former research partner, mistreated several monkeys during testing. They claim the animals were subjected to psychological distress and chronic infections due to... Wait, you mean to say they were testing these brain implants on monkeys? That's... It's disturbing, yes. And it's led to a federal investigation by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. They concluded there was no evidence of animal welfare breaches, but the PCRM disputes this. So there's a lot of controversy surrounding Neuralink. It's a fascinating technology, but at what cost? That's the question, isn't it? And it's one that lawmakers are asking, too. In November 2023, they asked the SEC to investigate Neuralink for omitting details about the deaths of at least a dozen animals who were surgically fitted with its implants. It's clear that there's a lot more to this story. We'll have to keep our eyes on Neuralink and see how it all unfolds. From neuroscience to e-commerce, it's clear that technology is reshaping our world in profound ways. Speaking of technology, let's shift gears to another area where it's making a significant impact, online shopping. This Black Friday saw record-breaking online sales, making it a day for the history books. Let's dive into the details. Black Friday, Celeste, a day of deals, right? Well, this year, it was also a record-breaking day for onlines in the U.S., hitting a staggering 9.8 billion. That's a 7.5% increase from last year, according to Adobe Analytics. Wow, James, that's a lot of online shopping. It even surpassed the sales on Thanksgiving, which were at $5.6 billion. I guess the turkey and stuffing didn't deter people from hunting for deals. Absolutely, and it even exceeded Adobe's own predictions for Black Friday sales. They were estimating, let me guess, less than $9.8 billion? Spot on, Celeste. They predicted $9.6 billion. And it's not just Adobe that's crunching numbers. Salesforce also reported that Black Friday online sales exceeded their expectations. So people are really embracing this online shopping thing, huh? They sure are. Salesforce reported that a record 79% of all shopping traffic, both browsing and buying, was carried out on mobile handsets. Mobile shopping, huh? That's convenient. But what's driving these record sales, James? Deep discounts and flexible payment options, Celeste. 
Adobe mentioned that orders using buy now, pay later options were up 72% from last year. That's a $79 million increase in revenue. That's impressive. But can retailers sustain this growth rate, James? That's the big question, Celeste. We'll have to wait and see. The next big sales day is Cyber Monday. But for now, there's some cheer for retailers who've been seeing overall sluggish growth. Definitely a silver lining there. And what about the products? What's everyone buying? Well, Celeste, discounts are a big driver for sales, and the name of the game remains buying presents and home electronics. And here's a fun fact. Smartphones accounted for $5.3 billion of sales on the day. So people are using their phones to buy more phones? Seems like it, Celeste. And Adobe predicts that mobile sales will overtake desktop this holiday season. So we may see more of this trend. Interesting times, James. I'll be curious to see how Cyber Monday sales stack up. We'll certainly keep our listeners updated, Celeste. But for now, it's safe to say that Black Friday has reasserted its dominance this season with record spend. From record-breaking online sales to the bustling world of venture capitalism, let's switch gears and move from the virtual market to the real-world coffee shops of Silicon Valley. It seems the aroma of freshly brewed coffee is not the only thing drawing crowds to these hotspots. A new trend is brewing among Mandarin-speaking venture capitalists, making these coffee shops the new hub of investment talks. Let's dive into this intriguing shift in the venture capital landscape. So Celeste, have you been to Red Rock Coffee lately? Apparently, it's the new hotspot for Mandarin-speaking venture capitalists. Really? Why is that, James? Well, with China reopening its borders after COVID-19 restrictions, U.S. fund managers based in China have been flocking to Silicon Valley. They're looking to draw inspiration from our startups here, aiming to find the Chinese equivalents of Facebook, Amazon, and Uber. That's interesting. But with the recent tech crackdown in China and the escalating U.S.-China tensions, wouldn't that affect their investment strategies? You've hit the nail on the head, Celeste. The landscape has indeed shifted, and these investors are now looking for opportunities abroad. They're following the path of a new generation of Chinese-founded startups that are expanding overseas. So they're caught between a rock and a hard place, huh? Exactly. American venture capital firms like Sequoia Capital, IDG Capital, and GGV have played a significant role in funding high-risk startups in China's consumer internet sector. But now, domestic and global changes have reduced the pool of investment opportunities for outside investors. I see. And how is this affecting the funding activity of American VCs in China? Well, there's been a noticeable decline. In 2022, only $14.5 billion was invested in Chinese companies by U.S.-based VCs. That's a significant drop from the $45.4 billion invested the previous year. Even Sequoia Capital China, which recently changed its name to Hongshan after splitting off its China operation, completed just 47 deals in the first three quarters of this year, compared to 99 deals in the same period of 2022. That's quite a drop. But I guess it's not all doom and gloom? No, it's not. As the appeal of investing in China wanes, these investors are starting to look for opportunities outside its borders. They're following the footsteps of Chinese talent who have already embarked on global expansion. Ah, the sea turtles returning overseas, right? Exactly. These sea turtles are now reversing their trajectory, earning them the moniker Guihai, or those who return overseas. And the USD fund managers are following suit. 
But wouldn't these Chinese VCs face competition from local investors in the U.S.? Indeed, they do. American startups have a plethora of local investors to choose from, and there are geopolitical risks associated with accepting Chinese-managed money. But this funding gap presents an opportunity for the USD fund managers who are hunting beyond China's territory. I see. So it's a challenging yet exciting time for these investors. Absolutely, Celeste. It's a period of transition, and it'll be interesting to see how things evolve in the coming years. From the shifting landscape of venture capitalism to the ever-evolving world of technology, we continue to see how change is the only constant in our lives. Speaking of change, have you ever found yourself wishing you could interact more with the content you consume online? Well, it seems like Google's Bard AI chatbot might just have the answer. Let's dive into this intriguing development. So Celeste, have you ever watched a YouTube video and wished you could ask questions about it? Well, James, I can't say I haven't, especially when I'm trying to follow a recipe and they move too fast. Exactly. Well, Google's Bard AI chatbot is here to save the day. It can now answer... Wait, you mean the Bard that could already analyze YouTube videos? Yep, that's the one. But now it can answer specific questions about the content of a video. Like if you're watching a video on how to make olive oil cake, you can ask how many eggs the recipe requires. That sounds really handy, but how does it work exactly? Well, this new feature is part of the YouTube extension for Bard. Before, you could use Bard to find specific videos, like funny ones. Now, it can answer questions about the content of the videos. So if you're watching a travel video and see a place you like, you can ask Bard where it's located. Wow, so it's like having a personal tour guide. But isn't YouTube already experimenting with AI features? Yes, they are. They've been working on an AI conversational tool that answers questions about YouTube's content and another one that summarizes topics in the comments. The responses are generated by large language models using information from YouTube and the web. The discussion with the AI happens as the video plays. That's fascinating. So it's not just about finding videos anymore. It's about engaging with them on a deeper level. Exactly. And it's not just for adults. Google has opened up access to Bard for teens in most countries. They can use it to find inspiration, discover new hobbies, and solve everyday problems. So they can ask about serious topics like which universities to apply to, or fun ones like how to learn a new sport. Absolutely. It's all about making the YouTube experience more interactive and informative for everyone. 